0: If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM, plus we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-390-5160. 800-390-5160. 800-390-5160. That's 800-390-5160.
3: Alright, thank you for that and welcome to another live edition of Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Sound like I'm in a tunnel. What you got, what you get, let's talk some sports. 1-800-878-PLAY is the number to call. 1-800-878-7529. Get you in, and get you heard wherever you might happen to be listening in this great land of ours or eh, so-so foreign lands. We do have twitch.tv up. There's no audio, but... I know a lot of you are lip readers, so you can get around to that. But I'm here for Sports Talk, 1-800-878-PLAY. Yeah, that's the number to call, 1-800-878-7529. And if you think about it, we really can get into the deep, dark stuff. What does that mean? Well, like tennis and soccer in the Olympics. Oh, I get it. Yeah, it's anything you'd like, (laughs) 1-800-878-PLAY. I do have some guests. At 9.40, you'll be speaking with comedian Michael Beers. Uh, at 10.12, director Leo Milano has a new movie called The Crusades. It's not about that. It's uh, actually a comedy. Our buddy Nick Taturo, who is recently on the show, and I think is coming on tomorrow, too. He's in this. Anthony Rodia, the comedian, he'll be here uh, at Cobb's this weekend and he'll be here on my show in about an hour and a half. We'll have a pro wagering segment, I believe, at 11:12, but other than that, it's open lines. So come on in at 1-800-878 play. Big shout out to our troops listening both home and abroad on the American Forces Radio Network. And great to have you with us. Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, National Guard, Space Force, Delta Force. Whatever force you're with, you're doing great job. Stay safe. Come home Sam. We're on the internet at sportsbyline.com. You can go there, click listen live. No lip reading there. Emails rick at sportsbyline.com. Also, the TuneIn app, the iHeartRadio app, the Stitcher app are apropos applications for well. The Twitter is at Rick Tittle, and Tittle Ending Sports with Rick Tittle is the Facebook fan page. So we got three hours. Come on back, everybody.
0: That's 800-788-1495. Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. Tablets, laptops, TVs, and other home tech from accidental damage and wear and tear. All plans come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. 800-867-6917. 800-867-6917. 800-867-6917. That's 800-867-6917. Titillating
6: sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius, the best show ever, he's so wonderful, genius, the best show ever, he's so wonderful, titillating sports, with Rick Tittle, Rick Tittle is a, he's so handsome, he's a genius.
3: All right, thank you for that, and welcome back to the show, Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. Great to have you with us wherever you are listening, and you can chime in whenever you like at the toll-free line at 1-800-878-PLAY, 1-800-878-7529. Um, we're getting ready for the All-Star break coming up. We have the Home Run Derby that will be in uh, on Monday in Seattle. We'll have the game on Tuesday, and then we'll have a couple of games for a break, and there's always one team that's like flying in that day and flying out after the game that really don't get a break. But for some people, I was listening to Mike Kruko the other day, the former big league pitcher with the Cubs and the Phillies and the Giants and been a Giants broadcaster for decades. He said as a pitcher he really looked forward to the All-Star break, and I think about it, you might not even miss a start, if you pitch the day before the all-star break, but you do get time away from the team. And I'll never forget one year when Joe Thornton didn't make the all-star team for the Sharks. He was a perennial all-star for years. And he was all excited because he said, ah, all right, I get to go fishing. And I thought, well, that's cool. He'll go fishing. He flew to Mexico. And I thought, all you do is get on and off a plane, uh, but that's what he wanted to do. And and to me, you think uh, I would just think, oh, I don't have to get on a plane today. <laughs> that would be my staycation. But he flew to Mexico. He went like deep sea fishing, and then immediately flew back. So, how you use the All Star break um, is uh, up to your individual teams. But I think what it is more than anything is a mental break to be away from the team because you know they talk about the grind and that's what it is and that's why you know the Orioles called up their number two prospect Colton Kowser against the Yankees he had a hit um, they called up Jordan Westberg their number three prospect earlier they had called up Jory OTs uh, their fifth prospect they called up D.L. Hall their ninth prospect they had the Orioles are so stacked with young talent um, this is something, by the way, that the A's should be. If you look at all the trades they have made, the A's should have top three farm system in MLB, top five at the worst. But they've given these guys away for virtually nada. Nothing. <clears throat> and I can count on, like, one finger how many guys they got back that are actually useful at this point. Some of them are already out of baseball. <laughs> But it's Esturi Ruiz, who the Padres traded to Milwaukee to get Josh Hader, and then he was in a three-team deal to get Sean Murphy to Atlanta, and then Ruiz came from the uh, Brewers. Um, Atlanta's very happy, by the way, with Matt Olson and uh, Sean Murphy. I, I, I think we know that. Um, but anyway, back to the um, the all-star break, the the mental break that you can get is important for the grind. And that's why a lot of times people say, well, you know, why don't you come directly up from, from college if you're good enough? I mean, Robin Ventura, when he was at Oklahoma State, broke Ted Williams' uh, consecutive hit record. Now, this wasn't in big league baseball, but that was all the rage. I remember when I was in college is this kid, Robin Ventura, is going to break. And he was basically the best college hitter of all time. And when he got drafted by the White Sox, they immediately changed his swing to the Walter Hereniac, Charlie Lau, which is helicopter through the zone, as they would say. If a pitch is in the zone, just swing your bat level through the zone. That's how you hit. Talk about, if you have the greatest college hitter of all time, I wouldn't touch <laughs> anything he did. But you have to get ready for the grind. <clears throat> and a lot of these guys do get fast-tracked. They don't have the... The same grind, but I've talked to so many big leaguers over the years, and they talk about that 14-hour bus ride that was supposed to be nine, but it broke down at 3 a.m. and they had to get a new bus, which didn't get there until 5:15, and then, you know, that's why I think a lot of baseball players are almost stand-up comedians. They're just all they do is joke around and tell stories and stories and stories. And even like hot prospects. I mean, Buster Posey was a top 10 pick, a shortstop and catcher out of Florida state. And when he was in triple a, he had to hump everybody's bag. You know, it's like, all right, Rook, you got the signing bonus. Here are all the bags. You carry them to the bus. And, uh, I know that because, uh, my cousin who's a former Reno detective, sometimes he would do security at the aces games up there. And the Fresno Grizzlies came in and Buster Posey was carrying all this stuff. And, What's funny is that my cousin, who's the biggest Giants and Niner fan of all time, his there's a room in his house that has, I want to say, at least 20 frame jerseys from Joe Montana to Jerry Rice to Will Clark to Kevin Mitchell, all this. So people, while Buster Posey was carrying all the stuff, there were tons of Giants fans trying to get his autograph. And he said to my cousin, I thought you were supposed to... Because pr- Buster Posey, let's face it, he's a little ornery. <laughs> he was a little ornery to me. Not mean, just... He's just not interested in talking to you. But he said to my cousin, You're, I thought you were supposed to protect me from these people. And then my cousin got out a pencil and a pad and he goes, I am one of these people and I need your autograph. <laughs> um, <clears throat> another time he saw Mike Trout do the same thing. Uh, the AAA, I think they were, uh, I think that was AAA Salt Lake back then for the uh, Angels. And uh, he saw Mike Trout carry the bags, but... I think the best story was that um, Mike Trout had stayed late after the game. He was doing some sort of interview, and Mike Trout and his parents were there. And um, my cousin said there was a guy screaming, wearing a Kaepernick jersey, and a guy with a Raider jersey was carrying a knife, was chasing him. And they said, we don't want to walk back to our hotel. We're scared. So my cousin gave Mike Trout and his parents a ride back to the hotel in his squad car. Just little tales uh, from the road. But it's the grind. you got to get used to the grind. These A lot of these people never did any of their own laundry in their whole lives, and some of them still don't. My buddy who played A-ball for the Brewers said there were guys that came in, top picks, you know, and he was, I think he was like a 26th round pick out of Cal. So they <clears throat> they threw him a bone, but they weren't, really trying to make sure he went through, but these guys have big signing bonuses. They get taken care of, but he said there are guys in there who are 18 years old that had, they brought in their lawyer and their accountant because they had millions of dollars and they always had to like talk to their money guy to see what, to see what was going on. Um, <clears throat> but during the all-star break too, it's, a, it's also a time and we, even though we're past the halfway point, 81 games into the season, it's also a time for the fans to kind of reassess, all right, what is the second half going to look like? And for me as an A's fan, who, by the way, I have a chance to sweep the Tigers today. not on wood. Uh, the, uh, the A's for me, there's only one goal, and that is to not be the worst team in the history of baseball. You know, the Mets had an excuse. They were an expansion team, and they had a 75-year-old manager. I mean, it, they it was, and, you know... Their opening day starter was a guy in the Hum Baby, Roger Craig. They did not have a lot of talent on that team. But a couple of years later, they win the World Series. <laughs> Maybe after losing 120 games. <clears throat> that's why there were guys in Vietnam, and they said uh, the Mets won the World Series. They go, don't lie to me. That's, that's not possible. Uh, it, uh, no, it was. Uh, so what about your team? What are you looking for? I think most teams have to decide whether they're a buyer or a seller. And with two wildcard spots, selling makes a lot of fan bases upset. We're only six games out of the third wildcard spot. Oh, there's three. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports Byline.
7: One my friends will ever be a one.
9: free phone call will show you how we can reduce your past tax bill and save you thousands guaranteed or you pay nothing call
0: now 800-949-0039 800-949-0039 that's 800-949-0039 paid for by the tax helpline
4: where did you get those clothes at the toilet store
10: I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating.
3: Well, 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 how about that? Coming up on the next segment, comedian Michael Beers will be with us. Cheers to Beers. 1-800-878-PLAY. Shohei Otani has uh, 31 home runs. He is ahead of Aaron Judge's pace of 62 home runs um, and that of course broke Roger Maris's long standing AL record Aaron Judge in the first 88 games for the Yankees last year had 30 home runs Otani in 88-31 uh, Judge would hit his 31st in the 89th game but right now As I said Otani is on schedule (laughs) to pass him by even if it's just by one now if you're familiar with projection systems you know that prorating a player's current performance out however how many games is a fool's errand but it's fun sometimes to get super nerdy and just to project that this is what we have what what might happen and the, the best way, I think, to suss these out are with just the true talent level of the guy. In other words, if this was, you know, Brent Rooker with 31, would I think, would he keep it up? And I'd be like, no. With Otani, can he keep it up? I think, yeah, heck yeah, why not? And if you think about what his average uh, would be, um, his pace is, I mean, the the most that he's ever had, I think, was uh, 39. So you wonder how Otani can be ahead of Judge's schedule. There's, There's one main dynamic at play. Judge started doing most of his home run work in the second half. So as I said, Judge homered 31 times in 376 plate appearances. Then like in his next 300, he homered another 31 times. That means the second half barrage that judge basically homered in 9% of his plate appearances, Otani's at 8%. But you could say, well, why couldn't Otani turn that on? It's just as likely. Um, Low probability scenarios unfold all the time. I mean, it was incredibly unlikely that judge would break the record until he did. And that's a, there's a reason why that Roger Maris' record of 61 stayed for 61 years, right? It's pretty hard to homer every 10 times you come to the plate. And it's also hard to play in every game of your team's season. As I said, Otani's the only guy who's playing in every game, and you think his, pitch, uh, his uh, pitching workload, which Aaron Judge didn't have, His last two starts, he's walked off the mound with a trainer at his side holding a fingernail. And uh, now not only that cracked, but they have a blister. And it's just a reminder that it's not easy. It's a daunting thing to ask a player to pitch and hit at the highest level of all time. So, look, it's it's something worth watching. Would I want to see him do it? I think it would be exciting. You know, as I said, I, I hate the Angels, but I don't hate Otani personally. And I don't carry a lot of that. Most of that stuff is just childhood rage <laughs> I had. Um <clears throat> speaking of home runs, Ellie Delacruz, the big uh talented, exciting rookie for the Reds who have a lot of good rookies. He had an eventful game yesterday as part of a nine tune victory over the Nats. He went three for six with a home run, two doubles, two runs, and he also got Nationals manager Davey Martinez upset. It started in the second inning. Martinez requested the umpiring crew inspect Delacruz's bat because of a blast sensor located on the knob. Martinez said, I know what the device is, but I've never seen nobody wear it during a game. So they checked it and they came back to me and told me, hey, it's legal. Next question, or else it would be bad radio, what is a blast sensor? Well, I'll tell you. That's a little electronic device. You put it on the bat knob and it captures the metrics on your swing paths, your bat, seat, bat speed, and and others. I didn't know that this was a legal thing, and I thought they could do this without it. But I think it's worth noting that Dela Cruz um, finished the at-bat without the Blatz sensor on and then put it back again. And uh, it just uses this plastic cover, and uh, he likes the feel of it. But it caused a five-minute delay while they were checking his bat <clears throat> and uh they were looking at it and then they're like all right what's this thing here uh, and nah, nah. <laughs> hey, think about it would that give you an advantage to just look at the the stats and the metrics <clears throat> it just kind of looks like a little rubber knob at the end of the bat. Um, and you know there are you can use a super heavy thick bat, a light bat, what have you. But Dave Martinez, look any the Nationals are so bad, any chance for some little gamesmanship, they would probably do it. And so Dela Cruz uh, got back in the box and struck out, but he would enact his revenge. But he came up in the fifth and hit a home run, and before leaving the home plate area, he motioned at the blast sensor and to the reds dugout and it's unclear whether that was to taunt or to just reaffirm that he likes having the bat blast sensor on his bat and Martinez took it as the former and expressed uh, his distaste he said I love the way he plays the game I didn't like his antics After he hit the home run, we can do without that. He's only got two weeks in the big leagues, but he's going to be a good player. Well, you know, in the old days, the next time he would get up to the play, what would they do? They would hit him. Yeah. And so, like I said, he didn't point to the Nationals. He just tapped the thing three times and he threw it over. And I think if somebody grabs your bat and says, what the hell is this? And it's like. It's it's fine, it's legal and it's like, "Well, I don't like it." And the umpire said, "Well, you can use it." Then you get up and you hit a home run and you're like, "Yeah, I like this thing." You can't if you can't take it, then don't dish it out. So, I mean, being lectured on a harmless home run gesture, that's major league baseball, but this kid is 21 years old. He's hitting 3.18 with four home runs, 25 RBI. 11 steals and 13 attempts. This is in 26 big league games. Once again, he basically has an RBI for every game that he has uh, played in, which is insane if you think about how he is. Now, we've had these Mr. Aprils. It is July, but we've had these Mr. Aprils uh, before. But in those 26 games, it is a team sport. But in those 26 games, guess how many of the Reds have run with Delacruz? 20. And that surge has allowed them to take over the National League Central. And the Reds will uh, conclude that game uh, with the Nats today. That's going to be getting underway here in about a half hour. It'll be Williamson uh, versus uh, Gore. Also in about uh, a half hour, Lorenzen, uh, who's – Gonna go for the uh, Tigers. I see, they're all star <laughs> against Hogan Harris. Do you really want to get swept by the A's at your park? I don't know if they. <laughs> I don't know if you want to do that. But it's funny. I never thought that I would look at the A's record, and I'm like, okay, are we still forty under five hundred? And then you look and you go, okay, thirty nine under five hundred. And now I look and I'm like, ooh, thirty eight under five hundred. Now this is just obscene numbers, but. For me, it's just they're going to stink to high heaven. You just don't want to be the stinkiest team of all time. And as I said, the A's should have two or three Ellie Dela Cruises. They really should. They've got one super prospect in um, Tyler Soderstrom. But other than that, there's not a whole lot to. uh, And look, Ellie Dela Cruz is a freak of nature. I mean, he really is. He's sort of – he reminds me of O'Neill Cruz, just so tall and rangy and powerful at the plate and just wiry. You know, these guys aren't built like linebackers. Not too many guys were built like Frank Thomas who did play tight end at Auburn. The, I don't think I've ever seen a bigger human play baseball than uh, Frank Thomas, although the widest shoulders I think I ever saw were A-Rod. He, he looked like he was wearing shoulder pads – And now I know why, because he was
11: roided up.
3: (laughs) I mean, Barry Bonds was muscular and buffed and puffy, but his frame was rather slim if you looked at him before he started getting all puffy. Anyway, just jumping around the baseball world, we'll have comedian Michael Beers on the other side. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports Bot.
12: My name is Tierra, and a little thing that I love about the Chick-fil-A Spicy Chicken Biscuit is that it has the perfect amount of spice to jumpstart my day. Whoever thought of it, thank you so much.
2: Hi, my name is Robert, and a little thing I love about Chick-fil-A Spicy Chicken Biscuit is the biscuit. It reminds me of my grandma's homemade biscuit. It's always buttery and savory, then you add the spices, instant classic.
7: Order the
12: Spicy Chicken Biscuit on the Chick-fil-A app today. Real Chick-fil-A guests paid for their testimonials.
0: that's 800 1738
10: Rick Tittle thinks there's a direct correlation between dogs and lightning.
3: Hey, thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, nationally syndicated out of San Francisco and around the world on American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show veteran comedian Michael Beers, and he's here to talk about the tour that is going through Montana, Oregon, and California for the Comedians with Disabilities Act, the CWDA, and, uh, Michael, I know you're a Montana guy yourself. Where are you from Big Sky Country?
13: Um, I grew up in uh, western Montana in Missoula, the Missoula area.
3: The Missoula. Is that state or is that Montana University?
13: Uh, that's the Grizzlies. That's the University of Montana.
3: University of Montana. And they also have, what's the pioneer team, the Paddleheads, I think?
13: <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, you, you know your baseball. I got some um, Mizzou, yeah. The last, yeah. Two years. the last two years we're, we've been the Paddleheads, uh, formerly the Osprey.
3: Gotcha. All right, um, so uh, how does a guy, I always love comedians' uh, origin stories, like Marvel characters. Absolutely. How, did, <laughs> how did you go from uh, Mizzou to the Hollywood Improv?
13: Um well actually I, I was bit by George Carlin on his way through <laughs> um, radio radioactive comic bit me no um I got started in high school. It was a uh, a high school senior project, and i um I had had an acting teacher in sophomore year um, tell me, you know in very nice terms uh, I'm not very good at acting, but he he mentioned uh have you ever tried stand-up comedy or thought about it? And something about that small interaction with a teacher, uh, which I find fascinating, stuck with me. Um, and two years later, when it came time to do this project, I remembered that, that little interaction. And I uh, said, well, now's the time to try it. So, um, yeah, I spent a, a semester writing uh, a paper on the healing benefits of laughter. And then the next semester, I worked with a theater student at the University of Montana who did improv. Um, and he worked with me on how to get on stage and, and, uh, basics of writing. He never done stand up but, um, he really helped, yeah, kind of build that confidence. And, uh, yeah, I took the stage in front of everybody I'd ever met, uh, up to that point in my life, even though I told my mom, <laughs> like, Hey, don't invite anybody. I really would prefer you not be there. Um, but she's like, Oh yeah, I'll show up. I won't tell anybody. Sure enough, like, my dentist was there, the
14: mailman,
13: (laughs) and everybody else, and, uh, yeah, it was love at first lap. It was the first time I really felt like myself uh, up to that point in my life, so I knew it was something I had to hang on to.
3: You have to bring a bringer show uh, in the beginning, (laughs) yeah. Um, Yeah. I remember when um, Ryan Hamilton was in studio here with me, and, and he's from Rexburg, Idaho, not too, too far from you. Um, no. Just about fair. an 11-hour drive. Anyway, he talked about, he did a show one time in Montana where he drove for hours and hours in a snowstorm. He did a show. No one paid attention to him. No one laughed. <laughs> then the owner of the bar, she said, come here for a second, and he leaned in, and he head-butted her. She head-butted him, and she laughed. And so he said, <laughs> he, he drove back in the snowstorm, he made twenty five bucks and he got a big welt on his head and he thought, well, if I don't quit now, I guess I'll never quit. So, <laughs> what was your what was your horrific gig where you're like, I guess I'm gonna keep going?
13: I guess I'm gonna keep going. Um, I would have to say, I mean, there's been a lot. Um, one of my first uh, times on tour was working for, uh, in the industry, it's called a Tribble Run. David Tribble is a promoter out of the Pacific Northwest. And he has a lot of great rooms, but um uh, I was three hours away from a, a comedy club growing up. So it was you know, uh early on it was finding you know, gigs at open mics that were for music and just telling jokes or mm-hmm. you know, I would do I'd sign up for a karaoke spot, uh, and just pick the song with the longest instrumental break and then I would test jokes that way. <laughs> um so really getting on the road uh, was a new experience. And there was one room in Idaho Falls uh, that was notorious on this run. And uh, in, after talking, after experiencing it and talking to other comedians, it was pretty much, yeah, nobody ever gets that room. No one ever pays attention. But it was, uh, it was like this bar audition for Roadhouse. But the producer said, no, that's too violent. are you talking about
3: are you talking about hurricanes uh
13: uh, no it was uh the the pepper tree uh,
3: oh okay I've actually been to Idaho Falls okay yeah keep going sorry
13: yeah so yeah it had chicken wire over the stage (laughs) and like nobody was there for comedy uh they were all there for the DJ afterwards DJ Dale which was on the marquee and I'll never forget that DJ Dale took the top spot Mm -hmm. Uh, but I was featuring at the time and the, the headliner who had been slaying it every single night before that, um, didn't even have the crowd for two minutes. Uh, he actually gave me a hug on his way off stage (laughs) and said, good luck sport. Uh, and it was, yeah, it was really bad. There were, there were two nurses, thank goodness, in the front row that kind of paid attention. Um, but yeah, that was a. Probably the most fun I had in my early comedy after the after the show, because they all wanted to hang out, but mm. nobody listened, uh, and I felt yeah, it was a pretty bad experience. I did go back two years later and, and till that room, so Great. that was a, a big a big chip on my shoulder I got to wipe off.
3: Yeah, you're like uh, the Terminator or General MacArthur. I shall return, right?
13: I shall return. Yes. Yeah. I, I killed oh, it dear. there. I could have I quit, and then the second year, I was like, I can retire now. <laughs> I,
3: I've,
13: I've held this room's attention.
3: All right, we're speaking with Michael Beers, and we're talking about Comedians with Disability Act. I know one of the comedians is Nina G, who's uh, a local yeah. kid out here. She's been on my show. She wrote the book about uh, being a uh, stutterer. Who else is uh, part of the, your uh, pack there?
13: Um, yeah, we got uh, Mean Dave. Is going to be on some shows. He's hosting a lot of it. Um, I've worked with Nina and Mean Dave for years. Uh, uh, in fact, yeah, we're calling this... Uh, uh, between ourselves, the, this whole tour is like comedy camp this summer. Uh, we're sleeping on couches. We're hanging out with each other. Uh, we're singing songs at night. It's, it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, let's see, who else do we have on that? i got to bring up the list because there's a lot of great local... Mm-hmm. Uh, comics on this one. Uh, and if anybody wants to see the entire list um, of comedians and shows throughout the Pacific Northwest, uh, the Comedians with Disabilities um, is, uh, is where you can find out all of this information uh, today.
3: I got to ask you, uh, yeah. Yeah. comedians you've uh, worked with, what was it like working with Gilbert Gottfried?
13: Gilbert Godfrey, uh, he was yeah, he's my uh, my uh, big headliner that I've opened for, and it was it was really cool. He was doing his the Dirty Jokes tour um, years ago, and I think that's how he promoted, or the the promoter was advertising it, so everybody expected, you know, Gilbert Godfrey and the dirtiest jokes you can you can think of. Um, But he actually did an hour and a half of the cleanest, most clever comedy I had seen to that point. Mm -hmm. Um, And just super nice guy um, off stage. He was really, really down to kind of mentor and be that person to, you know, say, hey, how are things doing? And um, I got to see my first, uh, yeah, my first line of signatures. And I saw Gilbert Godfrey sign every body part and piece of clothing you can imagine. So as a young comic, that was really cool. Uh, and he did, at the end of it, he could tell that people really wanted the dirty jokes. So he uh, he did a round of uh, the aristocrats for
14: everybody. Oh, yes.
3: Of course, yeah.
13: <laughs> uh, he's pretty famous for it. But yeah, it was a real honor to work with him and, Uh, Super nice guy.
3: When I I met him, I patted him on the back, and it reminded me of a Dana Gould line when he patted Bob Hope on the back. He said it was like feeling a sweater full of light bulbs. (laughs) 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 Well, I want to remind everyone that the the tour is kicking off tonight in the South Bay, Murphy's Law. That's an Irish pub in Sunnyvale. Tomorrow it'll be over here on uh, Gilman, Um, which is uh, right where Green Day and a lot of other punk bands started out. Saturday at noon, it'll be a nooner. Manny's in San Francisco. Um, And then that night, EJ Fair's in Pittsburgh. Uh, Bring your fists. There's going to be some fights. Just kidding, EJ (laughs) Fair. Sunday, Foxtail Fermentation Project and uh, more on ComediansWithDisabilitiesAct.com. How hard is it to do noon comedy? Because even people like Bill Mm -hmm. Burr hate it.
13: Yeah, um well I, I I personally really enjoy it. I uh um I think uh, I've done a lot of starting when I was younger. Um so I was 18 when I started. I couldn't get into any of the bars um mm-hmm. and do that. So all my early material had to be clean and I did a lot of churches and and schools and my my grandma had me on monthly at her assisted living place to do a set um, so I was really able to kind of add the dirty language as I got older, uh, which I think is uh, a much easier way to write. It's always easier to write clean and then add that punchline uh, with the F word than to, you know, have it and try to like, you know, scrub it off. Um, but yeah, I think the the early morning sets uh, aren't that bad. Uh, the audiences tend to be very honest, uh, so if you're you're not bringing it, they let you know right away
3: and uh finally you know people say that the californians have ruined austin they've ruined boise they've ruined jackson hole uh are the californians ruining montana or you're all right
13: you know as a, as a i would say no i mean as a as 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 a native american i think it's kind of an old conversation to be having now um about states <laughs> ruining other places and people moving into places where they <laughs> they don't traditionally belong, so mm-hmm. you know it's kind of a wash at this point. Once they once they handed out the smallpox, let
3: like me it, <laughs> it, <laughs> let we, me get. We let, really
13: we really stopped paying attention.
3: <laughs> let me take a wild guess. Nez purse.
13: Uh, Black Sheep. Okay. Uh, and Haida. In it.
3: All right, Michael Beers. Check him out on the tour. Check him out tonight in Sunnyvale. At Murphy's Law, Comedians with Disabilities Act.com. Michael, um, have fun on the tour. Thanks for coming by.
13: Hey, Rick.
3: Thanks a lot. All right. Absolutely. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break and we'll come on back on Sports Byline. Mm-hmm.
0: That's 800-725-1651. Paid for by Legal Alert Line.
10: I wish you would try and slap Rick Tittle's mama's face. He would clown you.
3: All right. Thanks for that. And welcome back to the show. We got a couple of minutes and then we got two more hours uh, after this. Um, I guess Nez Perce, he said he was Native American from the Montana area. That's French for nose pierce. <clears throat> and they are a tribe in that area in the wandering Palouse. Lewis and Clark met them and they almost killed Lewis and Clark kind of got off light to say the least. Um, but that's where, I mean, there's Nez Perce County, Kamei County. That's where Lewiston is from going down the, uh, the snake river. But I remember spending some time in Idaho when I was a teenager and these guys would always, the the way that the, that Whitey talked about as they call them, you know, Indians, it was always, Oh, those damn Indians. They, the way they referred to them was so let's just say pejorative and the number one beef was that they were uh, fishing the rivers with nets which is illegal to just stretch like a big net across the river and just catch all the fish that swim through like them damn Indians they're they're using nets I'm like they they they're on a reservation living in squalor we took their their language we took their identity. <laughs> I say we as Americans. Uh, let them fish the the river with nets. I mean, golly. It's just, uh, you know, it, you always find a group to... Uh, that, that unites people, you know, if you can find a group to blame for everything. And we've seen that recently around these parts too. Just unite everyone. Uh, it's their fault. It's their fault. If we got rid of them, then everything would be great. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But... Yeah, the um if you think about how many different sovereign tribes with languages and cultures and then to just group them all it'd be like grouping every european together and just saying the europeans one culture one language is <laughs> like no actually uh not um but anyway um the nez purse the nose piercings in that area of the world. All right, coming up, uh, director Leo Milano will join us at uh, ten twelve. Talk about his new movie. We'll also have comedian Anthony Rodia, who's at Cobb's Comedy Club, and uh, then we'll have another hour after that. Two more hours. Get on back.
7: news. I'm Corey Myers. The Central Plains could see heavy rain and flooding today through tomorrow. Meanwhile, high temperatures making life miserable in areas from the Southwest to the Pacific Northwest. The National Weather Service also says there's a possibility of severe storms, tornadoes, all in the High Plains area with large hail. Her visit comes amidst tensions that have prompted both sides to reconsider the deep commercial and investment ties that have defined the relationship between the U.S. and China for decades. A cameraman is injured after an errant throw struck him in the head during last night's Yankees-Orioles game in the Bronx. Paul DeCastro reports. Yes, network camera
15: operator Pete Stendel was stationed along the first base side when an errant throw by Orioles shortstop Gunnar Henderson hit him in the head. Henderson was trying to complete a double play in the fifth inning, but his throw to first sailed over the head of Ryan O'Hearn and struck Stendhal. Play was stopped for about 17 minutes and Stendhal was carted off the field. After the game, he was conscious and undergoing tests in the hospital. Paul DeCastro, New York.
7: The number of Americans asking for first-time unemployment benefits is up. The Labor Department says it's received 248,000 requests for the week that ended July 1st. That's up 12,000 from the week prior. Over 100,000 Honda vehicles are being recalled over brake issues. The recall includes certain recent models of the Civic, Ridgeline, Passport, Pilot, and Acura MDX vehicles. The issue involves a loose fastener that connects the brake booster and the brake master cylinder, which could lead to a possible loss of brake function. This is USA News. The
16: Dell Technologies Black Friday in July event has arrived with limited quantity deals on top tech to power any fashion. Save on select XPS PCs and more powered by the latest Intel core processors. Plus, get savings on select monitors and accessories, free shipping, and monthly payment options with Dell Preferred Account. Save today by calling 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. Offered to U.S. residents by WebBank, who determines qualifications for and terms of credit.
11: Get the absolute most out of your workouts with the finest pre-workout formulas from Transparent Labs. Bulk or get lean and achieve your goals with stimulus-free supplements developed for peak performance. All natural Transparent Labs cutting-edge formulas use no artificial sweeteners, colors, or flavors, and all are third-party lab tested. Get 20% off your first order today with code RADIO at TransparentLabs.com. That's TransparentLabs.com, code RADIO. Transparent Labs, driven by science, fueled by nature. For 20% off, enter code RADIO at TransparentLabs.com.
7: Ben and Jerry's ice cream facing calls for a boycott after a social media post it made on the 4th of July. The post read, the United States was founded on stolen indigenous land. This 4th of July, let's commit to returning it. The message generated a flood of negative responses, as you would imagine, on social media, with some calling it the company's Bud Light moment, referring to the controversy and subsequent boycott after the beer brand Partnered with a transgender activist in April. The NBA's new in season tournament headed to Sin City in November. ESPN reports that Las Vegas will be the host of the semifinals and finals on December 7th and 9th. Carrot Top said he was on the same American Airlines plane as a woman who caused a flight delay after she went on a tirade about wanting to get off a plane because of a not real passenger. Some woman- the woman lost her marbles, the comedian explained in a video he posted to his Instagram, saying that he and other passengers were forced to deplane the Dallas to Orlando, Florida flight before it took off. He said she was screaming, you guys are doomed. Get me off this blank plane. So we're off the plane. She got her wish. It's not clear if the woman was arrested after that incident. I'm Corey Myers, USA News.
3: Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Two more hours with you. Rick Tittle, like Dana Carvey doing George Bush, that thing over there. Not be prudent at this juncture. Back to be with you, Naganda. I always wonder about the narcissism and the hub- hubris beside, uh, uh, inherent in some protesters at sporting events, like at Wimbledon. A guy jumps on the court during a women's match and then gets carried out screaming and his shirt says no oil. So does he think that by doing that there'll be no more oil petroleum products on the face of the earth? He feels so strongly about it he has to let the world know that he doesn't like oil. How much how how ridiculous are you when you think you're that much better than everybody else and everybody else is obeying the law and the, um, the rules and just knowing that it's not about you. It's not about your cause. It's about a tennis match. Well, I'm going to use this platform. I mean, it's just like the insane amount of narcissism that goes into it. It's like people who stand up during a comedy show and say, that's offensive, hubris, narcissism, so selfish, but yet they think there's some kind of hero. I remember there was this old guy who kneeled in front of a train in Concord when it was delivering these naval weapons at the base, and the train ran over his legs, and they're like, oh, he's a hero. I, he's a hero? He kneeled in front of a train, and the train ran over his le- I just... And I'm not saying you shouldn't fight for what you think is right, but to jump out at Wimbledon wearing a shirt that says, no oil... It's not about no oil. It's about you, is what it is. And I don't—I guess your daddy didn't hug you enough times, or the girl left you for your best friend. There's some sort of huge self-esteem issue. There's an insecurity that goes beyond belief. It has nothing to do with no oil. It has to be do with you being a abject jackass. That's how I feel.
4: All right, we got two more hours. Come on back.
0: That's 800-788-1495. Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. Home system and appliance repairs and replacements can cause stress and cost you thousands of dollars per year. a 30-Day Money Back Guarantee. 800-867-6917. 800-867-6917. 800-867-6917. That's 800-867-6917.
3: Check me out, yo. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. When we get our guest, we will throw him on the air. Rick, why do you always say throw? I don't know. I mean, I don't really mean throw. Um, But uh, we are here for you. And uh, we do have our guest. Very uh, nice to bring in filmmaker Leo Milano. And he has a new film called uh, The Crusades. And the Crusades is available uh, in theaters, video on demand, and digital beginning tomorrow. And um, this is from VMI Releasing. Leo, welcome to the show. Now, we're not talking about a Christian campaign through the West Bank. This is a different type of Crusades, isn't it?
18: This is, you know, listen, there's there's some similarities there, but yeah, it's a little <laughs> different. Um, yeah, we... Uh, there's definitely a fight for the promised land in this film so nice. um, yeah we're we're here to make some noise that's for sure
3: well let's talk about the plot because I keep hearing over I interview a lot of comedians and they always say you know the, the 80's style 90's style comedy no one makes those anymore and this one kind of looks like it
18: you know I, I, a lot of people have been saying that and I think that's just probably because that's what I grew up on mm-hmm. um, and you know I, I uh, yeah you know the, the plot's about Three boys, all boys, private high school, and it's the weekend they find out they're going to be merging with their rival school, and so it's kind of like one last weekend before everything changes, and um, yeah, it goes zero to 100 pretty quick, but um, yeah, a lot of, lot of 80s, 90s nostalgia vibes in there for sure, kept it classy, and um, well, there's some raunch in there, but visually, it definitely feels um, nostalgic.
3: You know, uh, I went to an all-boy Catholic high school, so I think I can find this relatable. Did you interview schmucks like me to see what it was really like?
18: <laughs> well, uh, listen, I went to one. Ah. So I, I already know me and you are already bonded in a way because we both know what we've had to go through. Uh, those four years are definitely uh, challenging, more challenging um, at a same-sex school, I think. But, uh, <laughs> you know, there's just an endless supply of stories, and it was honestly difficult you know, getting the best ones from, from my time in school. It's just so many funny things happened.
3: From the way I look at it now is it didn't help me with my studies because I wasn't motivated. I might have combed my hair once a week, but I excelled in sports because that's all I had. Exactly. And I think about like if I was like staring and, and having crushes on girls, maybe I wouldn't have been as good as sports. That's the way I try to like rationalize it.
18: You know, I, 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 I think about it the same way. I think there's a lot of what ifs, right? And most of the kids definitely did not even shower um, because there was no one to impress, like you just (laughs) said. Um, All we had, you know, was like the weekends to live for because that, and honestly, the funny thing is when I look back on it, the weekends were that much more awkward because you don't have those interactions like everyone else does, you know, seven days a week or whatever, throughout the the school week. So definitely cherish the weekends, but... uh, Yeah, you know, there's, I think, an indescribable musk when you you walk into an all-boys school. It's just uh, a combination of 800 dudes, maybe no air conditioning, and not many people showering.
3: (laughs) Let's talk about the uh, main protagonist, Rudy Pankow. Why was he the guy for you?
18: Well, you know, his character's name is uh, Leo in the movie. Mm. My name's Leo. Obviously, I had to get the best guy for the job. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, the kid's a heartthrob. He's And above all that, he is so dedicated to the craft. I remember the first time we ever met at all, you know, he's just coming off a hot, one of the biggest Netflix shows. And when I met him, he was literally doing an acting workshop and he was like asking me questions from his class. I'm like, this kid does not need to be doing acting classes. He's already made it. And so when, after that first interaction with him, I knew that he was in this thing for the right reasons. And, um, you know, after talking with him, he, he really enjoyed the script and I think it was just a slam dunk and I, I don't see anyone else playing it.
3: Very cool. I've had Nicholas Turturro on the show and a uh, very affable guy and, and about as, <laughs> about as New York as you can get too.
18: Oh yeah. Yeah, I know. Nick's, Nick's the best man. Um, he was one of the first guys we actually brought on this project back in 2018.
14: Um, mm.
18: yeah, so this has been a journey, this film and yeah, Nick came on. Uh, a few years ago and honestly I think he's responsible not only for our probably our rating but as well as most of the laps in the film he's great
3: now I was always told uh, when I started high school when Jimmy Carter was president uh, that we were going to join the all girls school which was in Berkeley I was in Richmond California and it happened about 30 years after I graduated Um, but I can imagine All the other schools, the rival schools, the other all-boy schools that I hated, and if you told me we were going to merge with them, that is—that would be at the time like you know Reagan becoming premier of the Soviet Union. That would be pretty horrible.
18: (laughs) It's so funny you say that because, listen, you know when you're in high school, you think that you know the rivalry is the biggest thing. Like you, you know, um, there's there's blood in the water for sure. And when I got older and I went back to my high school that rivalry is real still like this isn't like you know that that stuff like people don't you know they take it serious these rivalries and that's why it's really funny and that is a real serious you know concern with a lot of these private schools is um you know when i was in high school we almost closed down because Mm -hmm. um you know the funding got pulled so you know these things happen all the time especially now they're becoming smaller and smaller smaller and less of them so i think it's very relatable to you know those who've went to these kind of schools
3: yeah, mine almost shut down because uh, my football coach. Uh, this is after I left, but mine almost shut down because uh, he shot his wife, then himself, and everybody left. Oh, other than wow. that, other than that, it was great. Um, well, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, a that, hor- hap-
18: that, that could happen.
3: A horrific story. Let's talk about the wrecking crew. Who are they in this movie?
18: So, wrecking crew is that is the rival school, right? So, those are the kids from rival school. Um, they're pretty hell bent on Rudy Panko's character and, and his friends. Um, there's an apparent uh, score to settle, and you know you don't really understand why until the movie's over. But um, yeah, they're they're definitely there to let them know that if this merger happens, their life's gonna be pretty miserable moving forward. So um, Blaine May, who plays the, the antagonist, he's he's absolutely unbelievable, and I think he he might be um, America's next great high school villain i think we're overdue for one
3: very good you know when i was i, I went to public school at k through 12 so when i started uh all the all-boy catholic high school i had a lot of reverence for priests and all my friends who in k through 12 didn't and i thought well you can't talk bad about that guy he's a priest and then by the time i was a senior i'm like oh they're just dudes and now the catholic church is is fair game in Hollywood for some obvious reasons. So, how do you sort of incorporate that into the movie?
18: You know, it's. I think it's. We don't really touch on it necessarily being a Catholic church. I think there's definitely, like, as far as like the setting goes, you could see some, you know, some um, production design that really makes it feel like it's a, you know, uh, a Catholic environment. But I think the real comedy comes from. You know, in these schools, they're, they're teaching such strong morals and values, and a lot of them are instilled, but you see when you get to the weekend, those things kind of go out the window, so it's kind of, like, counterproductive, so it's really funny when I look back on all that, like, they're trying their best to teach you these, these morals, but that's only from, you know, the hours of school.
3: It's funny, because I used to work with a guy on radio who's from New York, and he went to Marist in New York, and I said, oh, it's a Catholic school, right? And he's like, oh, I don't know. I go. You went there for four years. You know, I mean? so uh, there are those guys too.
18: Yeah, we got too. too uh, yeah. <laughs>
3: All so, right. We're well, in. everybody, make sure to check out the Crusades. We need a movie like this, written and directed by our guest, Leo Milano. It's going to be in theaters, video on demand, and digital tomorrow. Leo, congratulations yeah. on the film. Thanks for coming by.
18: Thanks so much for having me.
3: Have a good day. All right. Exciting times for Leo. Rick Tittle with you. We'll take a break and we will come on back on Sports by bon.
9: free phone call will show you how we can reduce your past tax bill and save you thousands guaranteed or you pay nothing call now
0: 800-949-0039 800-949-0039 that's 800-949-0039 paid for by the tax helpline wait she must have meant 10 o'clock at night Do you think?
8: Why would she have you meet her in a bar at 10
11: in
4: the morning? (laughs) I just figured she was a raging alcoholic.
10: I wish you would try and slap Rick Tittle's mama's face. He would clown you.
3: Wow. That is something. I'll tell you that Anthony Rodia, stand-up comedian in the next segment. He's at Cobb's comedy club here in San Francisco <clears throat> this weekend. And uh, lines are open. If you'd like to chime in at 1-800-878-PLAY 1-800-878-7529. Another trade in the uh, NBA, Grant Williams has a new home. He was with Boston and he's a pretty good player. Um, He's kind of one of those under the radar guys because he just he doesn't really look like a baller to me, but he gets it done. And I know he got under Draymond's skin, and Draymond got under his skin in that NBA Finals. But he's headed to Dallas, a three-team deal that also um, involved a Texas team, San Antonio. Williams was a restricted free agent, so it's a sign and trade. He is a four-year, fifty-four million dollar deal that he got with Boston, and then Boston then um, sends him to Dallas. The Spurs receive Reggie Bullock and an unprotected unprotected Dallas pick swap in 2030, and the Celtics get two second-round picks, and Dallas gets two second-round picks. Yeah, Williams spent his entire career up to this point with Boston after they made him the 21st overall pick 4 years ago. And um when they brought in Kristaps Porzingis via a trade, uh, Williams became expendable in their eyes. And so now, <clears throat> I mean you think about spacing the floor, and the defense with a great backcourt with Luka and Kyrie. Remember, Kyrie stayed in Dallas three years, 126 million. Grant Williams can do that. He can do some of the lunch pail hard hat stuff and um, get some tough rebounds and also be a scoring threat. But Bullock is now heading to his seventh different NBA team, Dallas, the last two years. The reason he's still in the league is he's a career 38% three point shooter. And um, you think about a veteran presence on a a young squad with Wemby and some uh, others. Uh, It's not a earth-shattering trade. Uh, It could be beneficial, as I mentioned, for Wemby. It could be beneficial for the Mavs. Well, it remains to be seen how it works out for the Celtics, but they definitely felt that they didn't need him back, and so they got something for him. And um, so... Uh, We'll see if that turns into anything. But uh, the the one thing that I thought was interesting yesterday was they announced that Las Vegas will host the NBA Final Four for their in-season tournament, which a lot of people are against. A lot of people don't know what that is. If you're a soccer fan, you know what that is. Uh, Every country uh, has a domestic cup. Uh, England has two domestic cups. They have a League Cup and the FA Cup. The FA Cup is open to all teams, even amateur teams. By the time you get to the fifth round, almost every amateur team is done. Uh, The League Cup is just for the uh, 80 teams in the league, in the four divisions. But uh, it's like playing in any cup competition outside of the Champions in UEFA League. It used to be that every game was a knockout game. And you might get a home and away. I refuse to say home and home when it's two different stadiums. Uh, I just don't. Our home and your home. <laughs> but when some of these big Italian teams got knocked out in the first round of the Champions League, it used to just be champions. And I remember when Blackburn won the Premier League, and they got knocked out by like Tromso in Norway on the first go. And that was it. Their European campaign was over. So they decided to start what was called a mini-league where you would have groups of four. Now it's just called the group stages of the Champions League, and they'll take as many as four teams in the Champions League from big countries like England. So <clears throat> you're playing a knockout competition during your season, and most uh, leagues outside of uh, Belgium don't have a playoffs for the playoffs for the top league. They just see who has the most points at the end and when they went in the 80s, it used to be two points for a win one for a draw, then they decided to promote attacking soccer that they would then add a third point that was in the 82 World Cup, let's make it three points for a win, remember that was 86, but anyway, they'll make it three points for a win and then they'll attack more And so you add them up, and at the end, if there's the same amount of points, you look at uh, goal differential, and if that's the same, you look at goals scored, and after that you can get down to coin flips. But you basically are going to be having a knockout competition during the season. And a lot of people will say, this doesn't make any sense, and they're already playing over 80 games, and it's stupid. Well, the Final Four will take place in Vegas on December 7th and 9th. Now, this is all a precursor of getting an NBA team there. If you don't like your building, you're in, and I don't care what team you are, you could be the Knicks. We don't like Madison Square Garden. (laughs) We want to move to Las Vegas. Do you really think the NBA is going to stand there while the NHL, the NFL, and now Major League Baseball is going to have franchises on the strip? There's already a building there, the T-Mobile Center. Now, maybe you want your own, but you don't need it. They have the building. It is, it is turnkey in Vegas. Do we have to pay an expansion fee? Well, you're going to have to pay a relocation fee, which the A's don't. But, I mean, they. this is just another sign that the NBA is champing at the bit, or chomping, to get to Vegas. Now, full details of the competition, including the groupings, are going to be revealed on Saturday night on NBA Today on ESPN, and um, the uh, bracket will be announced by Victor Wimbanyaba, Paula Bancaro, Cade Cunningham, Anthony Edwards, and Trey Young. Those are all number one overall picks outside for Trey Young. Um, so teams will participate in the group stage will consist of six groups total, three per conference, and chosen by a random draw based on the team's winning percentage the previous season. So each team will play four games in its group and the six group winners making the knockout stage along with two wild cards who finish with the best winning percentage and not first in their groups. And so there'll be a little mini league. And, of course, there are different pots This is why Manchester City is not in the same pot as Port Vale. They're in the pot. Man City is in the pot with Juventus and Bayern Munich and Real Madrid. You want to make sure those teams are separated. Knockout games uh, will be a single elimination once you get past uh, that first stage. Uh, Adam Silver has pushed for something like this for several years. And he says we need to be more like uh, soccer. And what it is, this is a great money spinner once people finally get to see how exciting this is. And it also, like for a team like mine, Tottenham Hotspur has never won the Premier League uh, or the top flight because the Premier League's just been around since 92. They never won the top flight in my lifetime. They won it in 1951 and 1961. That was it. And so I always look forward to cup competitions. I remember watching them win the 1991 FA Cup. I watched that down at Britannia Arms with uh, Paul Mariner was in the building, the late great England striker who was a coach for the Bay Blackhawks at the time. Uh, But, yes, the last cup Tottenham has won was the League Cup when they beat Chelsea. So it gives you a chance to get some silverware. And like the World Baseball Classic, in the beginning, no one took it seriously. Um, and it will take some time for people to sort of catch on and actually care. Now, as a warning, there are some big teams like the Man Cities of the world who still <laughs> won the treble. But if you have a big game in, in uh, Europe coming up and you're playing in the League Cup, you might send a team of reserves out there. And Tottenham, through their hubris, did that at Bramall Lane against Sheffield United this year and lost. And they would have been in the FA Cup semi-final had they taken it more seriously. So you'll see some teams that stink that are really going to take this seriously. And you're going to see some teams like the Warriors who will pretend to take it seriously. And you'll see that Steph played 12 minutes and not 32 minutes. So... It's just a matter of the team that takes it seriously will win, and then we'll see, well, who cares? It's going to be treated kind of like an NIT, where you can put the the trophy over your head and say, look what we won, and you'll get a nice little sort of Queen Elizabeth round of applause. But most people will say, oh, who cares? No one cares about that. you got to give it some time. 10, 20 years? (laughs) People have to care about it, and it used to be that the FA Cup was bigger than the league. Believe it or not, in England, if you won the FA Cup, that was the thing that the whole country watched because it was one game, unless they went to a replay, which is stupid, right? But the league was, you know, over eight months, nine months, and so that didn't have the crescendo. The FA Cup was weak. So if we get to the final, and by the way, all the stats that you get count towards your regular season stats except the final. I don't know why the final doesn't count. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Bylin.
8: out to file your claim. So if you've been diagnosed with cancer and you've used Roundup, call the legal helpline now. You could receive a free cash award and have your medical expenses covered. And time to file is almost gone, so please call right now.
0: 800-535-6078. 800-535-6078. 800-535-6078. That's 800-535-6078.
10: Rick Tittle ate 200 chicken wings at yo mama's house last night. Now back to Fat Boy.
3: Uh, That hurts my feelings. Rick Tittle with you, nationally syndicated out of San Francisco and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. Tomorrow and Saturday at Cobb's Comedy Club and also a Sunday show up in Sac at the Punchline. You can see my next guest and a comedian, Anthony Rodia. And I'm saying that right. You don't say like Rodia or anything, do you?
17: Uh, Rodia. Rodia. Ro- Rodia is a lot better than how some people pronounce it.
3: Rodia. So, uh Italian, right?
17: Yeah, yeah.
3: What part of Italy are your uh parents from?
17: Uh, both of them were born in Avellino. It's like 3 hours south of Rome.
3: Avellino. I always love and I've been to Italy and I love it, but whoever lives south of you stinks. That's just the way they look at it, right?
17: <laughs> well, you know what it is? It's like regional hatred, like Who's from the north doesn't like the south? Who's from the south doesn't like the north? You're not real Italian if you're not from there. I, I battle it all the time.
3: Is Avellino in the Abruzzo?
17: It's not too far, yeah. It's uh, Avellino's the Providence, but it's not too far from Abruzzo. Okay.
3: That's uh what Campania maybe?
17: Now you now you're speaking way you're throwing in way too much geography <laughs> for me. I know like fifteen <laughs> minutes apart, two hours south, and that's it. My father, if you ask him, Every answer is the same. Yeah, it's a town and by the church. I'm like, it's like 90 churches.
6: <laughs> so, I'm actually
17: having an Italian moment right now. We're at the beach with the kids, and my wife decided to bring a pound of prosciutto and fresh mozzarella. Ooh. I'm like, what, 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 you want more salt in you than the ocean? <laughs> I had three slices. My ankles are swollen right now.
3: <laughs> mozzarella de bufala, right? Oh, uh, yeah, that's the best. Ugh. Well,. I love the fact that you tried comedy, and you're like, screw it. You had a career, and then you're like, damn it, I'm going to try it again. And here you are headlining Cobbs. I mean, it's pretty amazing.
17: Yeah, it's been a crazy four years. Uh, I did, like, open mics here and there when I was in my 20s, uh, maybe for three years. But, I mean, so spread out. And then, um, you know, I had a good career. I mean, I was, you know, supporting my family. The, The money wasn't the issue. I was making great money. But I hated going to work every day. I, just, I hated a job. It was like 60, 70 hours a week. And um, I started making videos online and, you know, 10,000 views, 20,000 views. And I started getting like 5,000 people follow me. And I looked at it as a business plan. I said, if I can get enough people to follow me, then that will translate into people coming to see me. And then if I can give them, you know, an hour of straight laughter, they'll come back and come back. And, I mean, four years later, I mean, I'm doing, you know, I'm going to Australia this year. I've got people. One lady came to my show last Saturday. She's like, this is my 12th time seeing you. I'm like, you're like borderline stalker now. 12 times in four years is a little, I don't even <laughs> want to see myself 12 times in four years. But uh, it's it's been a whirlwind. And uh, I'm just, you know, I, just, I got my head down and just putting the pedal to the to the floor and, and riding it out.
3: That's pretty awesome. So um, you during the pandemic, you kind of took advantage of everybody's locked up and we just needed content because we couldn't go to the club.
17: Yeah, I mean, I remember I had, uh, my agent called me, he said, listen, I got bad news, we were expecting it, uh, your entire schedule was canceled, it was like 160 gigs for the rest of the year, and this was back in like March of 2020, and I remember sitting down on my couch in the basement, I'm like, what the hell am I going to do? And I remember turning on the TV and I said something to my wife, I said, all you have to watch right now is a rolling death clock on every news channel, and the Tiger King, right. and both are painful <laughs> so i said people have to laugh right now i i mean you know comedy the main thing about comedy what i love love about it is that whatever you're going through in life when you laugh you forget about all that you're having a good time for that whatever 10 minutes an hour whatever it is when you're laughing you're forgetting about all the hardship all the struggles you're going through or rough times so i said i'm going to take advantages and i did one video and then i did another and then three weeks go by and i've done a video every night and people were tuning in at 7 o'clock waiting for it. And I remember, I think I did... I think I went 96 days straight with a video at 7 o'clock at night. And, uh, you know, for three months straight until my brain, like, literally... You know, I, I had to take a break. But I was getting, on social media, anywhere between twenty to 60,000 new people a week tuning into my page. And after the pandemic opened up, I mean, we were all... I, I rented out parking lots. I had one show where... You would come to the show, sit in your car, tune to a station, and hear me on the mic. And instead of laughing, you would beep your horn. (laughs) And, I mean, that backfired because you don't want, you know, we have like 160 cars beeping. And it sounded like any day in New York City in in, in traffic. So that kind of backfired. But uh,
3: people were coming out. They wanted to laugh. And then when the
17: pandemic ended, the shows kind of blew up.
3: You could have had a real backfire.
17: Yeah, no, I see what you did there. I see what you did
3: there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you never know what's going to. By the way, we're speaking uh, with Anthony Rodia. He's going to be at Cobb's. I had a guy on a few years ago named Vic DiBetetto, and he got. Yeah, popular. Vic, yeah. He did a thing where he goes, he got in a car, goes, I'm going to go get the bread and the milk. I'm going to get the bread and the yeah. milk. That's all he said, and it was hotcakes. So, for you, know, well, for what, what was it about you? What was the thing that people really grabbed onto?
17: See, I mean, and that, that thing with Vic, that small video, it's because it was relatable. And a lot of young comics, you know, they'll reach out to me and they'll say, hey, listen, I came to your show, and you don't ha- I don't have laughter. I have rolling laughter. I try to kill you in the audience with laughter. I want your stomach hurting. I want your face hurting. And I realize that if I sit down and think about what might be funny, it's not going to work because I might laugh at something that I think is funny that you might not think is funny. But if I'm able to say, all right, what are, what is people going to relate to? You label that hits home more than just something out there that, you know, might be a guy falls on his face at the beach. The guy just literally busted his ass like 10 minutes ago. A couple of people laughed. That's funny, but is it going to kill you at laughter? If I touch home and I talk about things that you've been through, you know, somebody's been through with their wife or, you know, you got yelled at as a kid or you did where you think you're the only one that went through it. It's funnier when it's relatable so i just started tapping into everybody's kind of you know relatability like hey listen what's relatable to you how did you how did you grow up what do you deal with at home and it's amazing how many people deal with the same exact things.
3: well i think the italian thing too uncle Vinny, zia lucia i mean a lot of people really relate to
4: that
17: yeah i mean and then i learned i learned you know i thought it was just my family then i thought it was just italians and then You know, Portuguese, Argentinian, Russian, Spanish, white, black. It doesn't matter. I think it's just an old-school upbringing. And it was nice to see that it's not just Italian. It does touch home to so many other, you know, uh, groups of people. And, um, you know, from anything, anything. I mean, listen, I tell stories about stuff I get yelled at at home about. And you see the guys in the audience laughing hysterical and the wives giving them dirty looks. Like, I'm like, they're not supposed to laugh at their pain? I'm like, we should all be able to laugh. And then I'll tell it from a woman's standpoint on what my wife deals with. And it's, it's comforting. It makes you feel so good to know, okay, so I'm not the only one that gets propositioned with sex to do house chores. That's, that's great. Thank God. You know, my wife, she'll say, she said to me today, she's like, hey, listen, uh, I got a little deal for you. You know, if you come home right after the beach and when you put up a floodlight, I said, you know what? You don't have to, don't bribe me with sex. You know, but i you know, she knows I'm going to put up the floodlight. I mean, I'm not stupid. I'm stubborn, but I'm not stupid.
3: <laughs> By the way, how are the scrunchies moving? Scrunchies on your uh, merch page.
17: Oh, yeah. So my my partner Dom came up with a merch page where he literally threw everything out there. We've got scrunchies. We've got. I saw a girl at the at the gym the other day, and I said, "Are you wearing totally relatable leggings?" She goes, yeah. I go, where the hell did you get them? She goes, isn't this your tour? I go, yeah, but I don't know where you got them. And she said that we have a merch page that he, that he, uh, he launched. And, I mean, you can get anything. You can get anything from, you know, coasters to tumblers to, I guess, scrunchies and T-shirts. And um, I, I take, and everybody else will chimes in. They're like, hey, I'm like, listen, whatever you want, tell me and I'll have made. Um, some of the stuff I'm not going to say in the air. It's just weird what people want my name on. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that.
3: <laughs> I, I teased Jared free the I had him on and on his merch page, he's got a million things. And one of them is a charcuterie board. And I go, how many of those have you moved? He's like one. All right. And then I had him on like yeah, a, yeah. a year later. I go, what's the count on the charcuterie boards? Cause I knew you would bring it up. We still have only sold one. <laughs>
17: <laughs> I mean, listen, some stuff moving, some stuff. I actually, I make as a joke and then I'll get a phone call. Hey, that, uh, you know, the, the, I don't know water balloon kit with your name on it sold, or the house dish rag with D. Lucia's face <laughs> on it sold. I'm like, all right, whatever. I, I just you know, I just don't want to know what else is going on in that household that bought that.
3: Tell us about the wines, though. That's pretty cool to get into that.
17: Yeah, the wine I, I wanted also. I, I've made homemade wine my whole life. Um, the only difference is the wine that my father and my grandfather makes and also double as Benadryl, because you have one glass, you're going to sleep <laughs> for a couple of days. So I wanted to make a wine that you could actually have two or three glasses and still be able to, you know, walk around and speak to people. Um, I'm a big wine guy, so I ended up going to a whole bunch of wine. Funny you, you mentioned the Brutel, because that's where the wine is made. Mm. And um, it took off. I mean, you know, we sell online. We, we were getting them into all the stores. They're hitting a lot of the grocery stores. And I wanted it to be affordable. So, I mean, the wine's affordable. It tastes good. And, again, I put the characters on, and, you know, the characters, it's amazing, because I did that as a goof, and now they they literally have, a, like, you know, a personality of their own. I mean, people look at them like they're real people, and uh, we're actually in talks with a couple of uh, production companies that want to turn them into an actual cartoon on a streaming platform, and uh, that'll be kind of weird. But, uh, yeah, the wine is good, man. A lot of people, they ask, me, you know, you'll get these wine guys, they're always, oh, what do you paired with? Well, how What's the best way to drink the red? I'm like, dude, I got two kids. I, I take the top off. I put a straw on it until it's empty. I mean, that's the best way to do it. I mean, tell you the truth. I drink until I can't hear my kids arguing with each other anymore.
3: Wow. You know, I think about how rocky and mountainous the Abruzzo is. I'm surprised they can find some dirt to put up some vineyards. So you, you ain't kidding. Yeah.
17: You ain't kidding. That's uh, how my small town is. I have more sheep and goats and
3: people <laughs> last question for you you got the pod of course that's all part of the Road Rage Wednesdays and all that but uh, a little bit more with uh, Goomba Johnny right
17: yeah so Johnny was a big radio guy for years uh, KT Radio New York and I met him um, at a function for Chaz Palmin who we doing a comedy fundraiser and uh, I said hey Goomba I said you almost hit me with your car when I was 19 he goes I absolutely did not I said yeah you did he goes what car was I driving I said a Corvette convertible black he goes, I apologize for almost killing you, that was 100% me <laughs> And uh, I started just listening to his comedy And it related to my crowd And uh, we're like the odd couple, man You know, he's 66, I'm 42 And uh, I just, I'm not looking forward to getting older, man Because the things he gets happy about He'll call me at 8 o'clock in the morning While we're in the same house on the road I'm in my bed on my fourth dream I'm like, what's up? He's like, dude, I had a bowel movement and I just hang up on him. I'm like, I don't care that you actually were able to pass something. Dude, that's not exciting to me. I go three times a day. Like, he'll see me. He's like, where are you going? I'm going to drop a deuce. Lucky. Lucky. Bastard. I'm like, Johnny, I have a regular system. What do you want me to tell you? He's like, I've had a bagel three weeks ago. I haven't went since. I'm like, I don't want to hear that. So it's, 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 a, uh, it's a very unique dynamic. But uh, it works on stage, man. Johnny kills it.
3: Anthony Rodia, Cobb's Comedy Club. That's the big room here in Little Italy. Perfect. Right there on Columbus Street. Cristoforo, Colombo. You can't get more Italian than that. Hey, Anthony, thanks for coming on, and uh, have a good time while you're in town.
17: Uh, Thank you, man. I appreciate that.
3: All right, I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports (laughs) SportsBot.
0: That's
4: 800-943-2153
9: Some published authors are making significant money, so join the ranks of the successful people that finish their books with help from Dorrance Publishing. Call right now, and our experienced editors and writers will explain to you what it's going to take to get your book completely written, published, and then taken to market to sell it. It's a free consultation, so call right now. Find out how much time and money it takes to finally get that book idea of yours published. Make your dreams happen. Call Doran's Publishing right now.
0: 800 485 6003. 800 485 6003. 800 485 6003. That's 800
14: 485 6003. Why did you kiss my ear? Why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand?
1: Between two pillows. Those aren't pillows.
14: Ah!
10: tittle ain't the man but rick tittle know who the man is and he slapped his white fanny
3: all right uh there was a game last night between the orioles and the yankees and um in the bronx and in the fifth inning there was a attempted double play and orioles rookie shortstop gunner henderson whipped the ball towards first baseman ryan o'hearn went over his head and went into the yankee dugout but it hit a cameraman in the head, Pete Stendel, and the game was delayed for more than 15 minutes. They got paramedics. They put him on a stretcher. They put a cooling pack on his forehead, and he was giving the peace sign as he was being carried off the field. Aaron Boone, the manager of the Yankees, said, quote, definitely praying for him. It was good to see him obviously coherent and obviously raising his hand going off, but I saw it pretty well right away, and it was very scary. I didn't see how he fell back but I knew what could have been possible, falling back on top of the impact from the velocity of the ball, hitting him, obviously a difficult scene there, and just hope he's okay. Yeah, cameraman, I've seen them get hit before, but when something goes in the dugout and you get hit, do you know what they say in baseball? That's the ugly finder. And they always say it hits the ugliest guy in the dugout if you get hit. <laughs> I remember the first time I heard that is when Don Zimmer got hit. Like, uh, that's the old ugly finder. And I was wondering if the guy was thinking about that as he's being wheeled off. He's like, not only did I get hit, but now I'm the ugly guy. Probably not. R. McTittle, we got another hour. Come on back and find your ugliness.
7: news. I'm Corey Myers. The Central Plains could see heavy rain and flooding today through tomorrow. Meanwhile, high temperatures making life miserable in areas from the Southwest to the Pacific Northwest. The National Weather Service also says there's a possibility of severe storms, tornadoes, all in the High Plains area with large hail. Her visit comes amidst tensions that have prompted both sides to reconsider the deep commercial and investment ties that have defined the relationship between the U.S. and China for decades. A cameraman is injured after an errant throw struck him in the head during last night's Yankees-Orioles game in the Bronx. Paul DeCastro reports. Yes, network camera
15: operator Pete Stendel was stationed along the first base side when an errant throw by Orioles shortstop Gunnar Henderson hit him in the head. Henderson was trying to complete a double play in the fifth inning, but his throw to first sailed over the head of Ryan O'Hearn and struck Stendhal. Play was stopped for about 17 minutes and Stendhal was carted off the field. After the game, he was conscious and undergoing tests in the hospital. Paul DeCastro, New York.
7: The number of Americans asking for first-time unemployment benefits is up. The Labor Department says it's received 248,000 requests for the week that ended July 1st. That's up 12,000 from the week prior. Over 100,000 Honda vehicles are being recalled over brake issues. The recall includes certain recent models of the Civic, Ridgeline, Passport, Pilot, and Acura MDX vehicles. The issue involves a loose fastener that connects the brake booster and the brake master cylinder, which could lead to a possible loss of brake function. This is USA News. The
16: Dell Technologies Black Friday in July event has arrived with limited quantity deals on top tech to power any fashion. Save on select XPS PCs and more powered by the latest Intel core processors. Plus, get savings on select monitors and accessories, free shipping, and monthly payment options with Dell Preferred Account. Save today by calling 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. Offered to U.S. residents by WebBank, who determines qualifications for and terms of credit.
11: Get the absolute most out of your workouts with the finest pre-workout formulas from Transparent Labs. Bulk or get lean and achieve your goals with stimulus-free supplements developed for peak performance. All natural Transparent Labs cutting-edge formulas use no artificial sweeteners, colors, or flavors, and all are third-party lab tested. Get 20% off your first order today with code RADIO at TransparentLabs.com. That's TransparentLabs.com, code RADIO. Transparent Labs, driven by science, fueled by nature. For 20% off, enter code RADIO at TransparentLabs.com.
7: Ben and Jerry's ice cream facing calls for a boycott after a social media post it made on the 4th of July. The post read, the United States was founded on stolen indigenous land. This 4th of July, let's commit to returning it. The message generated a flood of negative responses, as you would imagine, on social media, with some calling it the company's Bud Light moment, referring to the controversy and subsequent boycott after the beer brand Partnered with a transgender activist in April. The NBA's new in season tournament headed to Sin City in November. ESPN reports that Las Vegas will be the host of the semifinals and finals on December 7th and 9th. Carrot Top said he was on the same American Airlines plane as a woman who caused a flight delay after she went on a tirade about wanting to get off a plane because of a not real passenger. Some woman- the woman lost her marbles, the comedian explained in a video he posted to his Instagram, saying that he and other passengers were forced to deplane the Dallas to Orlando, Florida flight before it took off. He said she was screaming, you guys are doomed. Get me off this blank plane. So we're off the plane. She got her wish. It's not clear if the woman was arrested after that incident. I'm Corey Myers, USA News.
0: Don't want you to know about. So if you need to cancel, change, or modify an existing airline reservation, call Skywatch right now. It's a free call, so let us fix it for you. 855-325-5647. 855-325-5647. 855-325-5647. That's 855-325-5647.
9: Rick Tittle
18: knows his sports.
7: I hate that guy. I love that guy.
3: Welcome back to the show, J.D. Sharp at 1125, Talking Baseball. Other than that, lines are open, 1-800-878-7529. There is one thing the A's can get wrong this year, and that is to let the Royals be the worst team in baseball. What do I mean by that? Well, there is a kid at the University of Florida named Jack Calianoni, and he's supposed to be the Shoei Otani of college baseball, He's basically Matt Olson, 6 foot 5 home run hitting first baseman, but he throws 99 on the bump. And he is the consensus when Banyama in the next draft, he is going to be the number 1 overall pick because he destroys at the plate and as I said, a very good pitcher at 99 and they could actually use him like Shohei Ohtani if they feel like it. So Jack Calianoni, that's the guy. Now, if the A's let the Royals get the worst record in baseball, then he'll be a Royal. (laughs) Looking at the 2024 mock very early. We haven't even had the 2023 draft yet. It's coming up in a couple days. Uh, Vance Honeycutt, a five-tool outfielder out of North Carolina. J.J. Weatherholt a third baseman, second baseman from West Virginia. Travis Bazana a five-tool second baseman um, at Oregon State. And then Tommy White, who's the first baseman on that LSU team that, of course, just won the uh, College World Series. So there are guys out there, but I'm just telling you, that would be the one thing to not do is to not be the worst team in baseball because then you don't get Jack Caliononi And that's more than a year from now. But just just don't do it. As much as I don't want to be the worst team in baseball, my team, I don't want to miss out on this guy. The American, Shoey Ohtani... Come on, man. Give me a break. You know what? They'll probably be the the worst team in baseball and then take Vance Honeycutt. We don't like Calianoni's bat. We don't like the bat speed. We don't like his projections. Come on back.
9: President Biden recently released a massive $6 trillion budget, the largest budget in U.S. history. And guess who pays the bill? That's right. You, the American taxpayer. American citizens and business owners will be paying more taxes. That's a fact. Call now.
0: 800-949-0039. 800-949-0039. That's 800-949-0039. Paid for by the Tax Helpline.
2: Check out behind the barrier.
6: Titillating sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius, the best show ever. He's so wonderful, genius, the best show ever. He's so wonderful. Titillating sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a... he's so handsome, he's a genius. Coming
3: up next, Rick Tittle. All right, thank you for that. Come on in and get heard. 1-800-878-PLAY. 1-800-878-7529 as my voice lilts up and down. So, um, talking about the draft, and the A's pick sixth overall, and that's my team, so that's who I'm interested in, obviously. Um, I keep hearing, well, first of all, Pittsburgh is going to go first, and everyone thinks that they're going to take Dylan Cruz, the center fielder for LSU, but there's also Paul Skeens, who, you know, is an amazing pitcher. Just pitchers pick number one overall. I think three have been successful, but, I mean, still, you still got the David Prices of the world and uh, Steven Strasburgs that I've worked out. Uh, But the Nationals are second, and they'll just take Cruz or Skeens, whoever the Pirates don't take. After that, seeing the speaking of Florida, Wyatt Langford to Detroit. Um, And then, four, uh, the Rangers taking the top um, high school player, Max Clark, an outfielder from Indiana. The Twins taking uh, then another high school outfielder, believe it or not, Walker Jenkins out of uh, North Carolina, which leaves the A's at six. And I've seen two mocks, one yesterday, and one today, for Braden Taylor, the third baseman from Texas Christian. And you think about the A's do like drafting college bats. Um, they actually had a college baseball combine, and Braden really impressed there. Not Dallas Braden, but Braden Taylor spells it differently uh, as well. There is also a catcher from Virginia named Kyle Teal <clears throat> who could be taken there. And the other one, they said that they might go for a right-handed pitcher from Wake. His name is Rhett Louder. But um, so, look, they need all the help they can get. And that's who I'm looking at right now. All right. I'm also looking at Charlie in New York City who's on the horn. What's up, Charlie.
20: Yeah, hey Rick. Uh, how, uh, was yeah speaking of the A's, why uh, you had mentioned it in the first hour? Why haven't they? Why don't they have their La La, La Cruz or uh, mm-hmm. with all the players they traded off? Why haven't they gotten at least one one player that we can all hang our hat on and say this guy can uh, lead us to whatever the promised land is? How come? Uh, is it intentional? Uh, just bad scouting? Bad they, uh, when they traded these players
3: they've sold they just, they've just sold low I mean it's like you, you might remember when the Braves wanted Fred McGriff from San Diego and San Diego said you either have to give us Chipper Jones, Javi Lopez or um Ryan Klesko, and they gave him Melvin Nieves so in other words the the Padres gave in um so yeah if you look up and down our lineup, all I see really, are just three first round picks and Tyler Stoderson, Daniel Susak, and Max Muncie. And then, of course, you know Mason Miller and Zach Galoff, uh Look, okay, I know Lawrence Butler's going to uh, be in the uh, futures game, and Denzel Clark played in the World Baseball Classic. Gunnar Hoagland was a guy that they thought would go number one overall if he hadn't been hurt. He's a pitcher. So they have some guys, but there's no stallion like Adela Cruz. Yeah. Team.
20: So what? Uh, yeah. So again, did they intentionally sell low, or yeah. is that part of the part of the plan to just bottom out completely? Like, I think what it is. To-
3: I think what it is. It's a very careless nature. So I think what they do is they ask for the top prospect, and when the other team laughs, then they say, "All right, well, just give us whoever you want." Instead of asking for two, three, four, or five, so I think it's just very lazy trading.
20: this, this team makes me sick. <laughs> and, and, I mean, I'm, well, I'm, I'm going and you just you look around the league. You, imagine if this team had a, a mentally well owner. Uh, they would have had. Just imagine if they still had the mats. They had Simeon. I mean, if given if I, I know the putting the money aside, but just say they had a, a, a just a normal owner. You you have Sean Murphy. You have Bassett, who's pitching really well. I mean, they'd be a wild card contender. They would be a team probably in the same ballpark as the Angels right now. Mm-hmm. And and we and we have this. We have uh, I'm um, I'm beating a dead horse. I I'm just I like I said this owner and I shouldn't allow it. This has ripped the love of baseball. Out of my heart because of what he's done to this team. And uh, you see, like, what this one player has done for the, I was just about to call him the Bengals, but the same thing, the Reds. Um, he's completely turned that whole team around. Yeah. Like, was this guy, have you ever heard of this kid? I mean, is he someone who's been like a yeah. highly touted prospect? Yeah, okay. no,
3: I, I've heard the name for a while. By the way, let me throw this name at you just for fun because I don't think he's listed on our talk prospect list, but. Uh, In Stockton, they've had a guy, they've given him eight starts, and his name um, is Jose DiCachea. He's a high school kid out of Arizona, and he's absolutely mowing everybody down right now. So just in the back of your mind, just keep the name Jose DiCachea there. Um, But then again, he'll be in Vegas by the time he makes it up to the team, so don't think about
20: him. (laughs) <laughs> or he'll be in a package, to the Yankees, yeah, or to, right. the, to the Mets. Once once he gets good, he'll he'll be on one of those teams. Right. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, that, I just wanted to know. Like, so you're saying that with the six pick overall, that they should be able to uh, draft someone?
3: Yeah, uh, I mean, they they always said that they wanted college players because they didn't want to wait an extra two three years for these guys to turn into grown men. Um, but yet on the other hand, um, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it's just the dog day afternoon for, for this draft because, uh, you know, whatever, whoever they draft is never going to play at the Oakland Coliseum, which is kind of sad. No, I
20: know. They're going to be playing. In- yeah, no, I get it. I mean, to, to this team's credit, they were at 1.12 and 50. They're now 20, whatever they are, 23. And sixty-three, so they are they are playing five hundred baseball, which is shocking because I thought this team was pegged for thirty-eight wins. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, well, I don't, what, the, what does that mean? Just I, like you said, I don't care if they're the worst team in baseball this year. Just don't be the worst team in the history of baseball and uh, <laughs> what was the Mets record? 42 and one where yeah. we're chasing 40, we're chasing 43 or stri- let's get 20 more wins. That's all. Just let's get 20, 20 more wins.
3: wins. Be the, be the worst team in baseball, get the American show. Otani and then it might be worth being the worst team in baseball. If he really is that.
20: Very good. All righty, buddy. All right. I'll thanks for listening.
3: the call, Charlie. I appreciate it. Ty- Look, Tyler Soderstrom is a really good prospect. You know, he's top 30 in all of baseball. Um, Zach Galoff looks pretty good. I saw these guys in Sacramento recently. Daniel Susek was fantastic at Arizona. He's a big strapping catcher. Of course, his brother played catcher in the bigs. This kid, Freddie Tarnock, is top five. He came in that Murphy deal. He's just now getting healthy. Max Muncy, they had two guys named Max Muncy, Muncy. Same birthday, believe it or not, different years. Um... But this kid, Henry Bolte, he's only 19 years old. He's a, He was sort of like the um, the year after Tyler Soderstrom was the California player of the year. I think Henry Bolte was <clears throat> the California player of the year. But, I mean, you look at a first-round pick like Logan Davidson, the infielder out of uh, Clemson, I think. And um, he was supposed to be the shortstop of the future. He's not even in the top 20 right now because he he just can't hit. And, you know, like I said, you, if you swing and miss on first-round picks um, and then the ones who are good, you're just going to trade anyway. So it's kind of a catch-98. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports and We'll talk to J.D. Sharp, a little MLB.
10: Rick Tittle, you done broke my heart, but I still take you back. You hella fine.
3: Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's time to check in with one of our friends over at ProWagering, ProWagering.com. We have J.D. Sharp with us once again, and uh, he's here to talk a little uh, MLB. Um, J.D., let's start with who you think should start on the bump in the all-star game. Let's we'll start off with the American league. Now shoyotani has got the blister in the finger. Uh, he's not going to pitch. It looks like McClanahan's not going to pitch. Some of these guys are going to be off turn and they're not going to have enough rest. So some people have said Luis Castillo. Some people have said Garrett Cole, also the hometown kid Kirby who got added as well. Who are you thinking for the American league?
19: Yeah, I, w- I would think that it's going to be a Garrett Cole. At this point, he's got what? Or even actually, is Evaldi an all-star? Because he should be. If he's not,
3: I don't think of. Was it Nathan Evaldi an all-star? I have to look it up.
19: He's got to be. He's got what ten wins? But you today, I'm taking him today. So, yeah. I mean, my, actually, my pick would be Evaldi if I if I had a selection. But I would I would guess Garrett Cole will will be the guy. He's had a pretty good year. He's got like a two five or a two six year. Though I think he actually I think he got hit kind of hard his last game. But he's adjusted one of the new rules, you know, a lot of pitchers haven't. But uh yeah, Castillo's Castillo's been okay. Kirby's been Kirby's been good. He's a, uh, he's solid. I like, get I like that Mariners rotation. Their bullpen has not stepped up the way I thought they would. Who the Rodriguez has been kind of disappointing, although he's starting to play pretty well. But yeah, I would uh, if I had a choice, I would say and I would guess that Derek Cole would get to start.
3: Uh Nathan Evaldi is there. Yes. Thank you. Okay,
19: then 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 it should be in my opinion it should be Evaldi, but it will probably be Cole.
3: Okay. Uh, thanks, Dom. Um then in the National League, you know, a lot of people are thinking that it could be Marcus Stroman. Some people are leaning Justin Steele or Bryce Elder, uh, if you can believe Bryce it. Elder, what do you think? Yeah, thinking?
19: you know, it's, it's cool that he, it's cool that Elder's in. He had a terrible year last year. It's uh, but he, he, he stepped up. He's pitching well. He doesn't throw really hard. He kind of kind of like Maddox almost. Not obviously, he's not great Maddox, but I mean. He, he doesn't throw. He doesn't throw hard. He's got good control. He's got a number of different pitches. He obviously plays for a superstar team. This Braves team is just psychotic at this point. They're crazy. Um, but I would say that Spencer Strider should start the All Star game. That's who I would choose honestly at this point. Guy gets a lot of strikeouts. His ERA is not great, but he's a power pitcher. Uh, he's got a, he's a fan base likes him. Cole Strider a nice would be a nice would be a nice, uh, would be a nice start of mine. You know, although even Kershaw too. I know for sure Kershaw's there. He's had a really good year too. So. Yeah, yeah, Cole Kershaw would work as well, but if I had a choice, I would say Schreiter.
3: Let's get your opinion, if you would, for the Home Run Derby, because we do have the brackets. Let's start with uh, round one, Luis Robert versus Adley Rushman.
19: Luis Robert.
3: Uh, Pete Alonso versus Julio Rodriguez. Ooh, a rematch.
19: God, Pete Alonso. So one thing you look at when you look at uh, hitters, uh, Pete's got 25 bombs. The guy's hitting like 230. I mean, I think he's like four of his last sixty. He's just doing terrible the last two weeks. Maybe he's preparing for the home run derby. Uh, when the ball is down the middle of the plate, he hits 500 against it. So if he gets good hits, if he gets good pitches, he's going to hit them out of the park. So I got to go, Pete. Here, assuming that he, assuming that his pitcher gives him meatballs, he's going to hit those things hard.
3: I don't know if you saw last night against the Giants, Julio Rodriguez goes back to center field, pretty much a can of corn, drops it, two run score, they lose two nothing. <laughs> it happens. To the best it of us. Uh yep. Mookie Betts versus Vlad Jr. Well, I'll take Mookie. His bat's been explosive. He's got twenty
19: three bombs. He's been hitting really well lately. I think he's got a chance to sneak into the possible well, Acuna's having that unbelievable year, so probably not the MVP conversation, but he's he's definitely solidifying himself as a as a potential Hall of Famer at this point. I would say Mook.
3: That's pretty it that just shows you how good the guy is. I mean he's he's, what is he, 140 pounds, and, you know, I think just automatically people will pick Vlad, but you make a good yeah. point. Uh, and then the other one, um, if you're a baseball fan, you know who these guys are, some people will say who? Ad- <laughs> Adolis Garcia and Randy Arozarena. I'm going to go with Adolis Garcia. Hmm. He's had a really great year. 70, 71 RBIs, 23
19: home runs. arozarena has got some... Aroz, arozarena has... He gets a lot of RBIs, but what's he got 10 home runs, maybe? 11, doesn't exactly hit the ball out of the ballpark. He's got power, but he's only 5'11", 180. I don't think he has that super swing that Betts does. I'm going to go with, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, 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 Adoles Garcia. Kind of relatively unknown, but I'm glad he's an all-star. I'm glad that they've changed the rules guys, so guys like Elder and Garcia can get in. But, yeah, he actually could win an all Garcia's got a lot of raw power. Actually, uh, yeah.
3: You know what? I uh, was speaking with J.D. Sharp from Pro Wagering, by the way. Uh, I looked ahead to the 2024 MLB mock draft, even though we haven't even had this one yet. We'll have it in a couple of days. But there's a kid in Florida, this Jack Castiglione or Castellanone, however he says it, he's basically Matt Olson. C-
19: Caglione. Ja- Jackie Caglione.
3: Yeah. He basically is Matt Olson, but he also throws 99. He's basically the American 6'5", Shoei Otani, He's the Banyama the number one overall pick for sure. Right now the A's are a half game worse than the Royals. So my my goal this year was just not to be the worst team of all time. I think the A's will either A let the Royals be the worst team and get the American Shoyotani, or be the worst team and pass on him. Your thoughts?
19: I think you have to I think you have to let him. I think you have to I think you have to let him you got to get Jack Higley, Keg, Yeah. Yeah, 6'5", 220. Uh, Paul Skeens is having the same conversation. He wants to be a two-way player, too. A lot of guys actually are good at both. So we're kind of seeing that happen um, after Shohei kind of just set the standard for it. Was, the, the Orioles was always like, oh, well, we don't want to get hurt here, or you can't do this and this at the same time. Well, obviously Shohei has proven that not to be true. With the caliber of athlete now we can just do that stuff. But, yeah, I mean, it would be great, and it would be great to have the A's pick up some legitimate talent before they get to Vegas. And obviously known is, is considered uh, to be a, a very legitimate talent.
3: Speaking of the A's.
19: And i, I got to tell you, man, the, the, the Royals, their, their pitching staff is just so bad. I mean, it's just so bad. Hard to believe.
3: Hey, I have a feeling the A's are going to pass the Royals. Um, one thing about the A's, too, I talk about them a lot when no one else cares because I'm a fan, but they should have, with all these trades, a top-five farm system, but they sold low. They just wanted to move guys. They weren't interested. They should be like, there should be like an Ellie Delacruz, but they really should be like the Orioles, just constantly calling up guys. And yesterday they called up their first round pick, uh, Colton Kowser, out of Sam Houston State. He's only been in the minors for a couple years, and he comes up, gets a knock. It's just the Orioles have nonstop talent coming up.
19: Yeah, the Orioles are doing really, really well. And, you know, thinking about the A's, I mean, they made the right move. Have you seen that new sphere? this sphere is unbelievable and the stadium's going to be pretty close to that so that's that's a good look that's going to be a really really good look for for the A's when they when they go to Vegas so oh uh, yeah the Royals are are consistently developing talent i've got Henderson's playing well, Rutschman's playing well. Obviously they've got some pitchers that have done well, Although Grayson Rodriguez started well and then tapered off. I made a couple of purchases as far as his cards that have not gone very well for me which I'm not super happy about. But yeah, the Orioles are developing talent. Not like not like the Braves are where everything they touch just turns to complete and utter gold, but uh, they're they're doing a nice job and it, it's good to see a team like that, you know, research to a degree.
3: Are you I always feel like look. Like, sometimes there's going to be weak divisions, sometimes there's going to be great divisions, and so a division winner's going to get in when a good team doesn't. Like if you look at Boston, they're a game over 500, but they're in last place. They basically have the same record as the Twins, who lead the American League Central. Are you someone who thinks, let's just line them up and take the best 10 teams? Or are you like, look, that's just them's the breaks?
14: Yeah,
19: I would say that line them up and take the best 10 teams, that's fine. That that seems fair. That seems like what should happen most likely. Mm
3: -hmm. But then there's no division battles.
19: Yeah, yeah, but I mean what what really are the division battles anymore? I mean, the players are traded so much. that mm-hmm. you, you don't have, you don't generally have the same players thing at the same mm-hmm. team. I think it's
3: for the fans like Dodgers and Yeah. Giants, Yankees, Red Sox, that type of stuff.
19: And see, I've never I've never had that like you said. I've never I've never lived in an area that's had a professional major league baseball team. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So I've always been more of a a fan of obviously you know the wagering and, and the game itself and and you know specific players and maybe specific teams, but I've never had that that division. But I mean, but I you know when I went to Iowa, Iowa, Michigan, Iowa, Nebraska, Iowa, Iowa State, Iowa, Wisconsin, major rivalries. So I guess, but I haven't felt that that same passion that you know someone like you has or another baseball fan that lived in Boston or St. Louis or uh, you know L. A. So I, I guess I don't really understand, but I see where you're coming from, Rick.
3: And by the way, before I let you go, speaking of uh council bluffs, how is uh Max Duggan gonna do with the Chargers?
19: Honestly, you know, I think that they drafted Quentin Johnson, who's turned out to be a really apparently a very, very strong addition. And I mean, you look at Herbert's career, it's been nothing short of epic mm-hmm. for you know, just for a, a starting or for a for a, his first year first three years in the league. Yeah. So that 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 wide receiver core is going to be even more potent than it was, uh, and Duggan obviously knows Johnson, and I think Johnson had something to do with him getting drafted. Um, but yeah, I mean, if Herbert goes down, which to me is unlikely considering he's six six two hundred and fifty and built like a Greek god, then Duggan will probably get a chance. Or if the, the Chargers just start blowing people out, mm-hmm. then Duggan will get a chance. But I, I think uh, it's, it's it's nice to see him on a squad. I think he'll I think he'll make a I think he'll definitely have a place in the NFL.
3: There he is, J.D. Sharp, ProWagering, ProWagering.com. Thanks for your time, buddy. Hey, thanks a lot, Rick. I'm Rick Tuttle. we got open lines at 1-800-878-PLAY. Come on back.
16: Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life?
0: 800 4531 800 754 That's 800 754
9: If you're moving to another state, you're getting a fresh start in a brand new town. And when you choose a moving company to help get your valuable possessions to that new home of yours, you want somebody that's going to take care of your things like you would. That's why you need to call Colonial Van Lines. They're America's number one moving company for a reason. Because they'll take care of your things like they would their possessions. They'll use caution so nothing gets damaged. And they won't treat you like a number. They'll treat you like a friend. And when you call now on a qualified move across state lines, they'll give you a $250 discount. Move your things the right way. Call Colonial Van Lines now for a
0: free quote. Call now to learn more about this special $250 long-distance move discount. 800-847-0225. 800-847-0225. 800-847-0225. That's 800-847-0225. You're crazy.
13: You're crazy, man. You're crazy. I like you. What <laughs>
10: I saw Rick Tittle at the laundromat last night, and I was hella checking him out. I just kept staring at him, and he played like I wasn't even there. I be like that then.
3: Jeez Louise. Lines are available. 1-800-878-PLAY. 1-800-878-7529. Remember I said the A's are going for the sweep in Detroit? Well, it's 7 nothing Tigers in the sixth. <laughs> look look who they run out. Tony Kemp. Leadoff, 197. J.J. Bladé center, 207. Seth Brown, right field, 199. Jace Peterson, 207. Oledmaz Diaz, 205. By the way, Diaz and Peterson were signed to multi-year contracts. They do have the kid Jordan Diaz, the good Diaz. He's playing, hitting 242. And don't forget the all-star, Brent Rooker, who's up to 242 right now. But... Basically, it's a team full of Jake Marisnicks who's playing for Detroit, and he's batting ninth and hitting two nineteen. So yeah, let's just say it's a little bit uh, weird. All right, I wanted to get into NIL for a little bit because the Power Five, um, you know, they're trying to figure out what they're going to do with all this. And there was an AD this week who provided uh, his opinion about uh, NIL that caused a lot of stir, and then the response to that was uh, sort of uh, funny, to say the least. I'll get to that in a second, but let's go to the great state of Michigan with our friend Robert. How you doing, Robert?
21: Hey, pretty good, rinse Very good. Uh, I just wanted to uh, pass along uh, the friendly Detroit hospitality, especially for East Bayers and players.
3: Yeah, it looks like your Tigers are going to uh they're going to win. They always say if you're only going to win one game, win the last game of the series, right?
21: Yes, yes, but it uh it's, uh I'm okay with it. I'm I'm neutral. Neutral to, to uh, Midland cuz I like Oakland too, of course. Mm-hmm. But uh it's good uh little public service announcement. Come on over to Detroit. We'll treat you really good. Go to the Motown Museum or Get a pony dog or <laughs> something. Listen to Motown music.
14: <laughs> but for hey, sure. uh, uh,
21: I think it would be nice to keep the baseball divisions as is. Of course, the uh, the Central and in, and in, in for me is is home, kind of like. And uh, you were talking last week about uh, <clears throat> uh, teams in the Midwest are willing to build the stadiums and and, and fund them and yeah. things like that, whereas opposed to California, they won't. Uh, well, in the in the Rust Belt, you know, Detroit, Cleveland. I, I haven't been to Pittsburgh, but I I say Pittsburgh. Our biggest celebrities, are sports, sportsmen, and uh, local news anchors.
14: Mm.
21: You know, the guy that comes on at five o'clock or so. Not not the not the national news, but right. those sports people, and like the local news people. So we really want our sports here, and. and and to have a rivalries here, it's it's uh, it's ingrained. It's really ingrained. And uh, athletes who do play in Detroit, for example, and they have a, a just say an above average career. They don't need to be Hall of Fame. They never have to go out to dinner ever again. I mean, they're treated so well here. A lot of them stay. Mm. Uh, it's it's a good good great place for sports.
3: Sure.
6: Yes. And when then, was the last
3: time you were out well, at uh, Tiger Stadium or Comerica Park? I, should I went. Say.
21: La- actually, actually, I went. I didn't, haven't been this year. I went last year when the, when the Oakland was in town. I went to a day game. I like day games, Rick. That's my. Uh, I'll go to a day game anytime, but I, uh, night games, I just assume stay home and listen to them on the radio and things like that. I'm a day game guy, and I went mm-hmm. to a day game last year. Um Against Oakland, a doubleheader actually, like a real doubleheader. You could stay for two games, so I had <laughs> a good time. But um, I have some friends and things. They have they got the like the the company tickets and things like that. And if they call me up, I'll go with them. But but a lot of times, you know. It was funny when I did go, it was an afternoon game and the tickets were like, you could get them for five bucks. And I, no, so I went to the window and I said, just give me a cheap ticket. And he go, and I, he goes, give that to me. And they go, well, where is the seat? What section is it in? He goes, well, you're not going to sit there anyway.
14: <laughs> because
21: <laughs> and i didn't you know you could go right down on the lower bowl even and you get real close because day games uh, in the beginning of the year weren't that uh, popular fan wise and things like that but mm. uh, but uh, yeah well Kyle Kuzma didn't make it to the pistons
14: yeah so uh,
21: that was a, a he uh, he hung on with washington which is good but if you if you want to l- read a good story, you can read about his mother and how he grew up. I mean, it, it, it's a feel good story. His his mu mo- If you look at the name Kuzma, his mother is like from uh, Czechoslovakia, mm. and she threw discus on in the shot put. Really, so he, he that's where he gets his athletic prowess from the genetic things like that. And mm. then and she was a single mom who raised him in Flint, and she worked at the factories and. And things like that. It's a really good story. You can find it on the internet at M Live. I'm sure M Live has an old story about it.
14: Mm-hmm.
21: And uh, he's a. That's kind of. And he also has uh, donated uh, millions of dollars to uh, build a new YMCA. Oh wow! So it's, it's so he's, he's he's he comes back all the time. And
3: that's really good, cool, good
21: guy. But we did get another Flint guy. We got Monty Morris. We did purchase Monty Morris. Mm. So we do have a. <laughs> Flint guy, our,
3: Did you think there was Pistons. any chance of uh, Draymond going home with the Pistons when he was a free agent for about five minutes?
21: <laughs> yeah, there was a little talk about it, of course, mm-hmm. um, but there was more talk. I think more of him going to the Michigan State guy in uh, Phoenix, Yeshiba. Uh, they he played for Michigan State. You know, he actually played on the team. He was a player, so there was a relationship there. But uh, but. It, I don't know. Maybe he's not a good fit for our young team. No, I think he's, he's fine where he is and, and mm-hmm. more power to him. Exactly. He
3: could go there and punch Wiseman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
21: They say Wiseman, they got him in good shape now. There was a little report. They did a little report on him yesterday. He got mm. him in really good shape. He like, runs the floor well. And, yeah, he um, had so many injury issues. he a lot of big guys, so... Yeah. Well, just he's got to see how it plays there's, out.
3: There's a reason why he was number two overall pick. I mean, when he is fully healthy, he's a real stallion, and I wish him luck.
21: Yeah, I hope so. I hope so because he's he's got all the, like you said, he's got the ingredients and the body and the frame, and just got to get him healthy and get him in the right team. And we got the new coach, Monty Williams, a big pay guy, yeah. big guy. So So maybe Good. we'll see. We'll see.
3: All right. Hey, Robert, man, always great with the Michigan love. Thanks for your time, and always thanks for your call. All righty. Thank you, Rick. All right. Good stuff from Robert. And uh, I love the fact that uh, he's he's fired up about his hometown. It's very cool. Um, Getting back to NIL for a second, because on Saturday, it's going to turn two years old. And is college sports the better for it or the worse for it? And it depends on who you are, who you root for, who you pay, who you don't pay. And, you know, NIL has just created so much uncertainty and it's caused such a stir with these NLIs about, or the required to comply NCAA rules as well. The NCAA 2 years ago when they adopted this they adopted it because the rules had been trumped by all these different state laws and those laws have only become stronger almost competitive almost daring the NCA to intervene and this is why the NCA has been desperately seeking congress to form a unify uh, a uniform should say federal NIL law now <coughs> because the wild, wild west is, is still wild, and they want some stability. And, uh, you know, would you – there was a question that was uh, put out there the other day by uh, Blake Lawrence, who's a, uh, a Fortune 500 CEO. He said, would you rather pay Scott, Foss, Scott Frost buyout, or would you rather take $10 million in booster money and go buy better players? Like, no one has ever thought that before. But the NCAA, you could say they created the monster because they ignored so many opportunities over the years that could have allowed athletes to be fairly compensated. But then again, they also knew this, that this would be a Pandora's box as soon as you open it up. And you can issue memos and put out guidelines, but those really aren't enforcements right now. It's just... (laughs) I mean... There was the Miami case, but nobody really got nicked. It was just a, a $60,000 penalty. But, you know, coaches whine about players being poached and inducements and cheating, and then they don't name names. So is it time to roll it back? Is it time to accept it? I think the transfer portal is, is more disruptive. But, you know, there are, there are a lot of people who are concerned about a new bill introduced in California by assemblyman named Chris Holden, and it would provide revenue sharing and enhanced medical care for players. Wow. Because I think about, like, all my... I probably have CTE, and I crack my neck every five seconds. Like, could I go back to St. Mary's and say, I would like some revenue sharing? They'll say, we don't make any money. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> we, don't, we don't even remember you. Who are you? And so... It's called the College Athlete Protection Act, and it could become law as soon as January, the new year. And the National Labor Relations Board is considering whether players should be considered employees. And these are all complaints filed against USC and the Pac 12 and the NCAA. There are at least two major court cases right now that could kneecap the NCAA. First, there's House versus the NCAA, which seeks to wipe out the NCAA's ability to cap compensation. And then Johnson versus NCAA just flat out says all athletes are employees now. And so, I mean, look, Nick Saban is on board with making him employees. I think he just wants to get this over with. But nothing on the field has changed yet. If anything, major college sports have been more competitive, not less. I mean... Uh, you look at San Diego State getting to a national championship. You look at TCU getting to a national championship. You look at what Cincinnati has done. You look at Wake Forest going to its first ever World Series. Well, first since the 50s. And so, um, you know, it's it's a slow midsummer news cycle in college, and I think this is why when the NIL turned two, it doesn't get a birthday cake, but, uh, you know, you just look, you know, guys. I was going to go to Miami, but this place offered me two million dollars. It's like, all right, well, uh, what kind of bo—seventeen-year-old? What kind of bozo would you be to say, well, I wanted to go to Miami, but Florida State offered me a million? Mm, I think I still want to be a Hurricane. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports Violent.
7: Und jetzt das Platz nehmen der Amerikaner! An Igel Nobel,
4: nein, ich hab verkürmt, hopp verkürmt, hopp verkürmt, An Igel Nobel, nein, ich hab verkürmt, das ist meine größte Freude.
14: Das war sogar mein Mittertier, 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 das war sogar mein Mittertier und hat die Einigkeit.
10: drinking that haterade and bow down to Ricky T y'all all
3: All right uh, I'll leave you with this today Uh, Aaron Goodwin who you probably shouldn't know why would you he's Damian Lillard's agent he's gone on the record he said I do what I should for my client some teams I did call other teams have called me it's a respectful relationship with both teams truthfully, he wants to play in Miami, period. Hmm. Now, on page 123 of the new CBA, the section on public trade requests reads, any player, or for clarity, any player representative or person acting with authority on behalf of the player who publicly expresses a desire to be traded to another team shall be subject to a fine and or a suspension, the maximum fine that may be imposed by the NBA on a player pursuant to the foregoing shall be $150,000. Now, you might remember four years ago, Rich Paul got fined $50,000 because he said Anthony Davis would like to be traded to the Lakers. Now it's up to $150,000. So this guy... Goodwin is basically saying, look, you know, you can call around and talk to people and that's fine. And we say, hi, how's it going? But he only wants to go to Miami. So I would expect a $150,000 fine to come down. Would Damian Lillard cover that fine? (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) So, anyway, thanks for tuning in. We'll come back. We'll do it at 9 a.m. again tomorrow. Jan Wall in the first hour on Fridays as well. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports Platter.